Tonight I'm going to share something with you. It's from the book of Luke in chapter 4. <clears throat> I told you I would not be real long-winded or anything, but I do think there's something unique about Luke 4. Then we're going to go to Luke 13. In Luke chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 15. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth. Where was Jesus from? Nazareth. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up for all to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. Or Isaiah. Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, and to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. The reason I wanted to start with this because I believe um, this was the beginning of the future church. Let me ask you, who, who was the, the originators? Who went out and founded the early church? Okay, we're on Wednesday night. Who were the ones who went out and began the early church in the New Testament? The disciples. The disciples were the ones who went out and established it. But Jesus read something here that's really critical in the lives of all of us. And I want you to pay special attention to verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he is quoting Isaiah, but he said, to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, and to preach deliverance to the captives. And then he talks about delivering, uh, recovering the sight to the blind. There are three things there that I think are extremely important. And in the church, for whatever reason, we don't have any real big problem with, with, with uh, salvation. The Lord going to Calvary and coming as a and born of a virgin and raised. And he goes to Calvary and he dies and he's resurrected and he, and he gives his life for us. We have a problem with that. But in the early church, church, they also had to understand that the same Jesus was the one who, who provided healing. And not only healing, but also healing of the mind. Because there's a lot of things that bind us that nobody else knows about. And those are also things that God also sent his disciples added to the early church to bring deliverance. Because if you go back and you study Judaism at this point, it was all about strict uh, adherence to the law and all the things you've done. But you all know, how many of you have ever done something, not because your heart was in it, but because somebody told you you had to? Big difference. But when we begin to live in a way because our heart is in it, it's completely different. And it benefits those that you're giving your heart to, and also it benefits you. This was the three things that I think that are critical in today's church. That we preach salvation, we preach the gospel, we reach out and we believe in divine healing. The third one is for healing of the mind and deliverance of the mind. Because a lot of people get distorted. I've said this to my wife so many times. We were watching the news, and maybe you watched it last night, and and when you were watching it, there was this guy who was reading little children's books to a whole group of kids. How many of you seen it on the news? The problem was this guy was a transgender, transgender guy, and he began to tell, teach these kids what being transgendered is. And what happens is you get a seed of, of confusion that goes out amongst a, a group of little kindergartners or first graders. It doesn't take long that you're beginning to indoctrinate them the same ways that you believe and you think. And some of you say, well, I don't think church is a place to talk about it. I'm not saying this out of hatred. I'm saying it out of it's just flat out wrong. 
There's a lot of things that are wrong. But the fact that these parents would give an approval of their kids to listen to someone who is indoctrinating their kids on being something that they were never born to be bother me. So we have a, a problem with confusion. But I want to go a little bit farther. I want you to go over to the book of Luke in chapter 13. What is the synagogue? What is the synagogue? A church, a structure, a temple, a place where people met, would meet at. And Jesus went there again in chapter 13 and verse 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could no wise lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called, to her, he called her to him. And he said, Woman, thou art loose from thine, thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I want to stop here for a minute. How many of you understand what takes place when you lay hands on someone? We could get into a lot of teaching on it, but I want to tell you something that's so critical when it comes to laying your hands on someone. Scripture says don't lay hands on anyone. Suddenly be careful who you strike hands with. There's a lot of things about it. But there is something about when you lay hands on somebody, you come into agreement. When they allow you to do it and you walk up and they open and say, I want to get in agreement with you. And he laid hands upon this woman after he told her, you're loosed of your infirmity. He laid his hands upon her and instantly she was healed. You think, well, that's great and that's wonderful. And it is great and it's wonderful. The issue is other people began to doubt it and other people began to question it. Because they didn't like it that the fact that it took place on the Sabbath. Stay with me. And he laid his hands upon her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work, and in them therefore shall he be healed, let them come to be healed, and not on the Sabbath. And the Lord answered and said unto him, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall, and lead him away to watering. Verse 16. Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham who Satan has bound? And that's where I want to stop for just a minute in closing. We often think of church as just the things that we do and the classes we have and the worship we have and preaching is what it's about. But he goes much farther than that. And this passage when he said, Should not a daughter of Abraham be loose from this thing that Satan has brought upon her? So let me ask you this. Should not you and I, who are the daughters of Abraham and sons of Abraham, the believers in the Christ, we have been born again, should we not in the same way deserve healing that he has paid for? Do we not in the same way deserve all the things that he desires to do in our life? It's like we pray with apprehension. I'm not good enough. Well, I'll pray for healing, but I really don't deserve it. Or, or maybe suffering a little bit is okay. And that's not what Jesus said. He said, her being a daughter... Friend, you being a believer, bring certain rights into your life. So when you're sick, it's okay to pray. When someone in your family is sick, it's okay to lay hands on them. You're not being weird. You're not being strange. But you need to expect it. If Jesus has made these provisions, why should we not embrace the things that Christ has made available? Are you with me? How many of y'all are? Teresa, don't get mad at me where I'm going. How many of you have insurance? Don't answer that. Uh, how many of you have all kinds of insurance? At, probably. How many of you have ever had the insurance and you pay your monthly dues all the time, but when you have an accident or you have a claim, how hard is it to get things taken care of? Not with Teresa. Everything's the next day. You've got everything right there. And she's got a check waiting on you. She, she hears it on the police report. She's writing the check. But, but the thing is, how often do we pay things in and it's so hard to get anything out? 
when it comes to us as believers, I believe with everything that's in me that God has tried to establish this in the church, that whatever we have need of, it's available. And why should we be walking around bent over with the weight of the world and being bound with things that has no business keeping us bound? But a lot of people do. They just do. And that's just a word to you as a, as a church, as a believer. You don't have to be bound. You don't have to be miserable. You don't have to be unhappy. That's not your call in life to be a miserable, miserable old grouch or to always walk around sick. It's not your allotment. Your allotment was Calvary. Your allotment was the stripes on his back. Your allotment was prophesied in the book of Isaiah. Preach the gospel. To bring healing. To bring deliverance. And that's what I think the church should be functioning in today. Period. Are you in agreement? Then start believing. Believing. I'm believing for people to be healed in their seat when they're just worship's going on. Or they walk in and sit down and they leave the building and we get a call later on. Man, something's taking place. I've, I've received healing. Not because anything to do with us, but everything that has to do with him. This year, expect like you never had before. And some of you say, my expectors, you know, I don't have a great, a lot of expectation. Well, you need to start growing it. You need to start growing your expectation. 